Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. We are excited to talk to you today about getting some help around the house. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I get a little overwhelmed sometimes. Just me? Probably not just me. Yeah? Every mom? Everywhere? (laughs) All the time? (laughs) So we're excited about talking um, about how to delegate a little bit and and alleviate your own level of stress. Yeah, because there's some things that nobody else can do for you. So we're going to talk about this. But first of all, you guys, we have a favor to ask. We're so bad at asking for reviews, and so we have very few out there on iTunes. But we would love it if you could leave a review because that helps other moms find the podcast. And um, that's the reason we're doing this, because we want to reach moms. And so if you can, if you're listening right now and you can pause and just go leave a review, review really quick, a written review, not just a rating, but a written review. That would mean so much because our goal is to reach way more moms. So we appreciate everybody who's given a review. Even if you've already left one, you can leave another one and we will thank you so much. Yeah. And we might even read it on the podcast because we like to do that sometimes, especially when they're really fun. Okay. So, um, we know time is valuable for sure for moms. Uh, all of us seem to have schedules that are overloaded and a lot of kids and or a lot of stuff going on, right? Um, In fact, I just wanted to share as a partial humor segment and a lead into this episode, what my day was like yesterday. I have a three-year-old little boy and he's adorable, super cute. Everybody can't handle him. He's so cute, but he is three and three-year-olds are naughty. That's just what they do. In my experience, it's about three to five. That's the naughtiest phase. Um, And so yesterday he was desperate for a nap. I could tell he was exhausted. He was just overstimulated. He'd had a couple of late nights. So I thought he's having a nap for sure. He's kind of grown out of naps. So I first put him in my room, laid down with him a little bit. Then I had to go pick up a kid. So he was just kind of having quiet time in there. We checked on him a couple of times. He was fine. I finally went in to check on him again, thinking, I still don't think he's fallen asleep. Let me just check one last time. Went in there and he is in fact awake, climbing all over my bed and I smell poop. (laughs) And I walk in the room and it's everywhere. He insisted on wearing underwear to bed and I told him, fine, but I'm going to put a diaper over your underwear because he's still not potty trained at night. And he said, okay, fine, fine, whatever. I'm thinking as long as he falls asleep, um, you know, if he has an accident, we might have to wash the underwear, but no big deal. No, he had done that, peed, and then taken the diaper off and then (laughs) gone number two and just had a heyday in there, didn't know how to clean it up, didn't know what to do, couldn't make it to the bathroom. I'm going, I'm going to lose my mind, child. So that was a fun cleanup. And then I went and put him in his room, said, no, now I definitely need a break from you. (laughs) I have poop to clean up. Put him in his room for a little bit, which he shares with his older brother. And when his brother went to check on him later, he had found a marker and scribbled all over his brother's sheets. (laughs) And these are like nice sheets that anyway... That wasn't even the end of the day, but I'll stop there. <laughs> so that's just a nice lead in to understand, to help you guys understand that we all know how overwhelming and stressful life can get, right? Um, and, and that's normal occasionally. If that becomes the overarching theme of your life, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed out, that perhaps you need some help, right? Yes. I also have a three-year-old also boycotting naps. 
also mostly potty trained. So <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed you do not get a repeat performance. Oh yeah. my goodness. Mm. It's a good thing they're that cute. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to walk this through step by step. And the first thing that we need to do is you might think decide on what you want to let go of, but we're going to get to that. Instead, our first step is going to be evaluate evaluating your values and making priorities. First, you want to decide what is the most important in your life. Yes, yes. And it, it you might feel like I didn't have time to sit down and do this. <laughs> Got it. We we also understand. But um you have to you have to go through this exercise because it's with the end goal of getting yourself some relief. So this looks like deciding what is what are what are the things that are most important to you? What are your main pillars in life? And then what falls under those? So is it God? Is it family? Is it work? What, you know, what else, what else falls in there for you that you've got on your shoulders that you're managing? So, um, then, then break each one of these down together and say, okay, yes, definitely my spiritual life is a priority. And what part of that is important to me? So, um, being in the church services, um, having time to study, um, my scriptures, my Bible, um, helping my kids, influencing my family, uh, those, those kind of things. Okay. So for family, one of our huge things is having dinner together, um, having playtime, um, learning like, um, like home, we both educate our kids at home. So like, it's a pretty big priority, um, self-care, uh, work. So just break down each of these categories that you decide, what are your main so another way to look at it is like balls that you're juggling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which balls do you have to keep in the air um, that, that are super important to you? And then break them down, like identify the big the big things and then break them down even farther about what, what is most important of those. Yeah, and going back to Audrey's famous 20-year vision, if you're struggling to figure out just what pillars you want to be your mainstays, decide what's going to matter in 20 years. Well, how I worship God is going to matter to me. How I spend time with my family is going to matter to me. Um, what kind of impact I have on the world through my work or other service type of things, projects, that sort of things, that is going to matter to me. So that's why I've chosen those three. You guys can can choose your own, but um, we're, we're, we're dividing them up and then we're creating a list of all the things that are important to us in each of those areas, right? So once you've figured those out, then you get to order them in order of importance, right? So you might have a list of eight things that are super important to you in regards to your family, family dinners, and, and making sure my kids are dressed and clean and making sure my house is in order and blah, 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 blah. But there's one or two that are way more important than all the rest, right? So pick those out, order them uh, in order from increasing importance to least importance, and then take a look at that. Um, I have had to kind of divide up some of these things as well. Like, for example, Audrey mentioned dinners together. Those are also very important to me. But what's less important to me is who cooks that dinner, right? The importance is that we're all sitting down together. I don't need to cook it. Gosh, even my family doesn't need to cook it if it gets to be crazy. We could even, you know, take something out or buy something a little bit um, more convenient type food so that we can have dinner together and still not be super stressed. Does that make sense? So you get to decide exactly what the, what the crucial part of each of these necessities is. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so you're, you're, uh, making, making lists, prioritizing, like breaking it down and breaking it down farther and breaking it down farther. So then, okay. So once you've done all that, 
um, and you've got your list ordered by importance, then you have to make another assessment and that is a time <laughs> assessment. So what takes the most time? Um, and if you don't know, then just start timing yourself and don't like, don't get all, don't get all upset and frustrated about how things take, how long things take, but just, just start making notes. How long does this take? How long does this take? Um, and, and time things. You may be surprised or you may be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize it took me that long to do that task or whatever. Oh, I'm folding laundry for three and a half hours every day. Mm -hmm. Hmm, gee, I wonder why I don't have time for anything else. <laughs> I actually did this recently just out of curiosity and it was kind of exhausting to read. I'm like, oh, geez, my day is full. But it was very clarifying to help me realize, oh, you know what? I did spend a lot of time just looking for something to eat. Maybe my meal prep needs to be upped a little bit so that mealtime can actually take less time during the day, right? Okay, so it is likely that the tasks that you find out take the longest in your day sometimes don't make much of a difference. Like I will go back to laundry for an example. Laundry is important. It is. We don't want to send filthy children out into the world that are wearing clothes they've worn for a week. Although sometimes we don't have any choice and they do it anyway. Yeah. But it is yeah. important. But it is not essential, right? And my kids are probably not going to remember if they wore the same shirt two days in a row. But they will remember the relationships they have with their family member. They will remember attending worship services and, and gaining the faith that comes through that. So it's it's just a bit of a perspective change. And it, and that is difficult, you guys. If you, especially if you were raised by a super mom who seemed to do it all and you didn't know how, <laughs> guaranteed she didn't either. But as kids, we don't really pay attention to that stuff. And all of a sudden we find ourselves as moms going, now what? What do I do next? Oh, I can't, I can't handle all these balls. They're, I'm dropping them everywhere. Um, but sometimes those things take a lot of time without a ton of payoff. Yes, that is such a good example. Okay, let's go back to laundry for a second. Are your kids going to remember if they, the socks they wore were folded before they wore them? Or, or were they just all thrown in a basket and they, they got to find their own socks, right? Like in 20 years, is it really going to matter? Are they even going to remember? But like the act of sorting and folding socks is really, really time consuming. Right. Um, and my three-year-old's current method of getting dressed is taking every single item of clothing in his drawers, dumping them on the floor where he can see them all, and then picking out what he wants to wear out of that. Mm -hmm. So why on earth would I spend time folding his clothes? <laughs> I would do it over and over and over yeah. and over and over again every single day yeah. until he decides there's a different way to find clothes. Which might I mean, be two years from now. And he changes his clothes like five times a day. So <laughs> I would literally be doing nothing but folding his clothes and putting it back in a drawer if that was something that I had to do on my list. I'm currently, every time I walk past his drawers and there's clothes on the floor, it bothers me. So I scoop them up, dump them in the drawer and shut it. Boom. <laughs> then it's like two seconds. <laughs> Just a little example to show you that like something mm -hmm. that would drive me crazy or take tons of my time, he's not going to remember in two right. years. That, that was his method of finding which clothes to wear. And if I just scoop, do the scoop and shut method, then I'm not going to remember either. But if I spend so much of my day refolding his clothes and putting them back in the drawer, then I'm probably going to remember it and have a wrong, you know, it'd be like this epic story I tell because I still remember how terrible it was for me. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important to realize like what we're saying, we're not, I'm not suggesting that you all of a sudden just never wash your kids clothes again, but are there some hacks that we can find to 
seriously diminish the time that's required of us so that we can go spend our time doing things that matter, like reading books with our kids or playing or working on a project that, that has been really, you know, in our head for a long time. Um, I will say that moms of large families tend to have a lot of these hacks simply because we've been forced to. So if you t have two kids and are a stay-at-home mom, you might think, what's the big deal? I can just refold the clothes and put them in there. But we've gotten to a point where we haven't been able to continue doing that because our days are so full. So we have to create these hacks. So what, what we're saying is if you are looking for something off your plate, um, then consider a couple of shortcuts, right? And some workarounds. Right. We have so many episodes about specific things. Like we have an episode about laundry and we throw all our hacks in that. And we've also interviewed some other moms of large families on this podcast and listened to some of those episodes because we all, we love to interview moms like that because we pick up hacks from them too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So our step three is going to be going even further and deciding what needs to be done by us, right? So let's say you're kind of a neat freak and you just absolutely have to have clothes folded in the drawer all the time. Great. You don't have to do it. There are many other people who fold just as well, maybe even better than you, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> time out for a confession. Everybody else in the world, I'm pretty sure, can fold a fitted sheet better than me. <laughs> I can't. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Because yeah. okay. it's something I, f I fold it and I get it like in shape or sometimes I just like stuff it in a ball and I keep going. <laughs> and I still am alive and have raised nine kids and I'm running a household and, and, and it's okay. Nobody died because my sheet, my fitted sheets are not folded perfectly. Meanwhile, our grandmothers ironed their sheets and their denim, but yeah. I won't, I won't be doing that. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, grandma. <laughs> Oh. All right. Essential things that others can't do is care for you. Nobody else can eat for you. Nobody else can sleep for you. Nobody else can exercise for you. Nobody else can learn for you. Nobody else can worship God for you. Nobody else can love and have a relationship with your spouse for you. So that kind of, for me, um, when Bonnie mentioned this, this concept to me that like, that's what makes it essential is it's what so nobody else can do for you totally blew my mind and then brought so much things into perspective for me. Do I have to fold the fitted sheets or the socks or, you know, fill in the blank? No, but nobody else can eat for me. I've got to do that for me. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. Other things that people can't do for you is work tasks that you only have the knowledge or the skill or the talent for. Nobody else can do that for you. Service opportunities that you feel strongly about. Yes, there's probably somebody else in the world that can do that, for that, you know, feed the homeless or whatever. But what about filling you up or creating treasure in heaven by doing those service, those opportunities? Like nobody else can do that for you. That's, that's on you. So it's, it's again, one of those essential things that other people cannot do for you. Yeah. And think about, you know, when we think about motherhood, there are so many tasks that come up, right? And and a lot of them just have to do with caring for our children physically. Well, I have to feed them and I have to bathe them and I have to dress them and I have to do laundry. But that's not even really motherhood. That's just kind of household tasks, right? Lots of people can do those things, but only you can be their mother. Only you can have a relationship with your child as their mother. So if we keep neglecting the relationship in favor of doing the laundry and mopping the floor, then our kids end up with an empty relationship and a really clean house, right? Um, and that's not what we want. We want our kids to love us and us to love them and have this fantastic relationship and have a loving, warm, 
wonderful home that may or may not be clean. And, and that's the most important thing, right? Um, so as you do this, this might end up being a little bit eye-opening for you. And it will be very different for each of us, depending on those priorities we talked about back in step one, right? I learned when I did this that I could happily outsource some of my kids' homeschooling. And I didn't think that I would get to that point because when we first started homeschooling, I was very much a control freak. And I have to do it my way. And it's going to be like this. And then I had so many children. And I started a business and all these other things. And I thought, actually... I could really use someone to help sit with some kids and, and do some school things. So I didn't really, I didn't think that I would get to that point, but I did. Um, there are a couple of other things that I've also since outsourced and have realized that have, they have made my life so much richer because I'm able to focus on the things that matter most. I love the concept of good, better, best. What that means is there are good things that we can be doing with our time, right? There are better things that we can be doing with our time. And then there are the best things. And only you get to decide what that is, right? According to your priorities, you can decide, well, it's good to babysit my neighbor's kid when she needs help. It's better to spend time with my kids. It's best to whatever. You get to prioritize in order of importance, like we said in, in those earlier steps. Uh, that is so good. <laughs> because I think that every mom that is overwhelmed is doing good things. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and trying uh -huh. to do all the good things and all, mm -hmm. all, even more, even more good things and more good things. And they're beating themselves up in their mind about all the good things that they want to be doing, but just don't have time. Mm -hmm. So if we can think about that, oh, that, that just is so helpful. Good, better, best. Like, okay, yes. Acknowledge. Yes. Thank you. What you're trying to do is good. You're trying to mm -hmm. do a very good thing, but you're only one person. And so let's outsource some of these things. Um, and that's the next step. Look at the other things on your list, those other good things that need to be done, but they can be by someone else. So what we spend a lot of time around here doing um, at, at our household is figuring out which things the kids can be trained to do, which um, things my husband has time and ability and opportunity to do. So what things can, can they take off my plate? Um, and and what good things can they do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we want our kids to be involved in good things too. I've met so many wonderful moms of young kids who just think, in fact, they often let themselves feel guilt and remorse over the fact that they can't go feed the homeless more often, or they can't use their skills to serve their neighbor, or they can't help a friend babysit their kids when she's sick or whatever. But meanwhile, they're plate is full of their own children and their own obligations and really, really great things. And sometimes we kind of upset the apple cart by inviting in all this good stuff when it's not quite the time or the season. You might have different priorities as a mom of young kids and you really want to show your children service. So you invite some of that in, but only to your capacity, right? We don't want to overexert ourselves and then have the best things fall, the, fall by the wayside. And it's so good to teach our, our kids to be involved in that as well. And sometimes we have to help our husbands learn too. <laughs> Okay. So when I get to this step, because sometimes this goes in a cycle for me, right? Like I'll have a lot of energy and be feeling like I can conquer the world and I'm doing all the things. And then I get sick or a kid gets sick or something else comes on my plate or there's an emergency or family drama. And all of a sudden the balls start to drop, right? And I start to feel overwhelmed and stressed out. And that's when I need to start delegating again. And very often we start this with a family meeting. So we sit down and I say, Hey guys, this is what's been going on. You've noticed I've been really stressed. I'm tired because I'm pregnant or I'm this or that or that. How can we all pitch in to work as a team around the household? Because I've been feeling like I've been carrying more than my load. And that is 
so good for kids. Kids who are involved in the running of their household and know the tasks that are required and pitch in are just phenomenal human beings. They grow up to be contributing members of society, great roommates, great spouses, good citizens, right? We want them to be aware of what's going on around them and to be willing to pitch in. All right. I have have a little thought here that you can ponder over. Let's say you think that you should be able to be the super mom who does all the things. And your kids, maybe you're thinking, but if I have my kids fold the laundry, then I'm taking away from them time to play. And that's robbing them of their their childhood. And and how can I be that kind of mom? So I'm just going to do all the laundry folding and my kids will have more time to play. Okay. Here's a replacement thought you can use for that one. Um, I had a super mom who did everything, love her to death. She's amazing. But when I became the woman of the home, I felt extremely unprepared as the woman of a home because I hadn't learned so many essential things and they've actually become kind of family lore in me and my husband's family. Like The first time I tried to iron his pants, I had never ironed men's pants with creases in them before. I'm going to tell you a little humor segment here because it happened. So um, he had a job interview and he brought me his suit and he was said, can you just press these real quick? Okay. All right. I spent a long time, probably about 30 minutes working as hard as I could to get that wrinkle down the front and back out. And finally I got it and I took him his (laughs) pants and he was like, Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Have you never ironed a pair of men's pants before? And I said, no, this is my first time. Did I do, Did I do okay? a good job? <laughs> but how did he manage to get such a significant wrinkle right down the center in the back? That's what I want to know. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> and that's one of quite a few stories about my Um, Well, actually, I have to admit, humiliating lack of preparedness to run a Mm. home because my super mom had done it all. Mm. And so um, (laughs) I've obviously learned how to iron men's pants correctly. Bless my husband's poor heart while I was learning that. (laughs) And these other many things that I didn't know how to do, I had never done before. And um, one, one small comfort to me was this fam, this, you know, one of these hysterical stories was being told um, to in front of my grandma, who I would consider like the ultimate housekeeper, homemaker. And I was so embarrassed that my grandma was hearing this story about how unprepared I was for life. And she said, oh, Audrey, it's okay. I did the exact same thing. And your grandpa said, what do you think I am, a sailor? <laughs> So great. So so obviously nobody died with with um sailor pants, but yeah. we we're actually kind of doing our kids a favor when we prepare them for life. Um, like you said, to be good roommates, to be good spouses, to be good contributing members of society. It's it's okay. It's actually a good idea to teach your kids how to go out into the world prepared for what they need to do. Yeah, I get the sentiment of just wanting to pull your babies in and protect them and do everything for them and serve them and love them forever. But the fact of the matter is we can't. And our job as mothers is not to protect and serve them forever. It's to protect and serve them long enough until they learn to do it for themselves. And then we train them to do it for themselves so that we send them out into the world prepared. And when we don't do that, 
we are doing them a huge disservice. And our kid becomes the roommate and the spouse that nobody likes because he leaves a mess everywhere and he doesn't clean up after himself and he can't iron his own pants or or his <laughs> spouse's pants, whatever. Um, it is our job to prepare our kids. And so by allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and say, hey, I can't keep up on all this. And you know what? Maybe you can. Maybe you're just listening to this episode for fun, but you really do have a decent handle on your life. Do it anyway. Give them jobs and assignments anyway and allow them to take from your plate so that they understand just what it takes to run a household. I have a 17-year-old and lately we've had a couple of discussions about how hard it is for him to be in a household full of a bunch of little kids and it's irritating and annoying and he can't get his things done. But I just keep thinking, oh, son, you're going to be so grateful for this when you leave, you know, and you realize just how much your parents do for you because we all know that. We all went through that. Um, and yet you never quite get it until you leave. So give them as much opportunity as possible to build up those skills, right? Love it. All right. So you've done all these steps that we've talked about. You've um, lightened your load by making priorities and you've looked for the time sucks and you have um, decided what needs to be done by you, what those essential things are. And you've sent some of those tasks on lovingly to your husband and your kids so that they can be prepared for life as well. Okay. But you're still feeling overwhelmed. There's still a couple of things that no, you know, maybe your kids aren't old enough to take over or whatever. Next step is to look for paid help or barter some help mm-hmm. with somebody else. There, here's some areas where this might be um, helpful or needful for you. Child care, uh, a mother's helper, house cleaners, yard work, home projects or repairs. You Just because you know how to do it doesn't mean you have to be the one that does it. And if it... Um, falls in the good, better, best, and it's not on your best list, then consider hiring or bartering help with somebody else. Yeah. And you know, in families like ours, we have enough people around and at least in my family, we're finally, many of them are finally old enough to really kind of pull their own weight, but it, it, it gets a little bit easier after a while because we have so many helpers, but sometimes you don't get a family that size, or you, your kids are very busy with other things and it is okay to hire these things out. We have hired house cleaners for a while now, and I can't tell you what a psychological shift it was for me to be able to do that. It was so hard. I just kept thinking, oh, my pioneer ancestors would be so horrified to think that I'm paying someone to clean my house. And my husband just said, your pioneer ancestors would probably smack you upside the head if you, they knew you had an opportunity to do it and you didn't take it, you know, <laughs> because it was just that deep cleaning was one thing that my kids couldn't do really well yet. And, or just two of them could, you know, and it was just too much for me. Um, there, here are a few other less conventional ideas for taking things off your plate, a meal prep service, right? Those things that send meals to your house in the box or even going to, I've heard of places where you can go and prep a bunch of meals at once and take them home, put them in your freezer. Um, grocery delivery is a huge one. Lots of people use. There's even laundry services. Did you know that you can hire people to come pick up your dirty laundry and wash it and bring it back folded? That's kind of miraculous, right? Um, a, a home assistant. I recently read about this in a business book. A woman was a CEO and very busy, and she hired someone to be an assistant at home who helped run her kids' places, helped schedule appointments, helped call the dentist and update the insurance that she didn't have time to do. Things like that, or even a work assistant if you work um, for yourself. You could hire uh, a teenager to help you with carpooling or driving your kids around or any number of things, anything that's taking a lot of time from you or a lot of energy, but is not in that best category. Look for ways to outsource. 
All right, guys, we hope that this episode has been helpful for you. Like my, my big thought on this is that you need help <laughs> and it's okay to need help. That is okay. Um, you're not going to be able to do it all. And if you are doing it all, you're probably depriving somebody else the, the opportunity to serve you or mm-hmm. be trained in what to do in life. And so, and your husband, your spouse probably wants to help you. Like if you saw your spouse was overwhelmed, you would want to know what you could take off their plate. And um, so it's, it's okay to ask for help. It's a good idea to ask for help. Um, and in, in 20 years, going back to that 20-year vision, do you want to have been the overwhelmed, stressed mom who snapped occasionally because there you were just stretched too tight and every once in a while that rubber band just snaps and then you pull it back together? Like, is that the kind of atmosphere and home you want to have? Or do you want to just offload enough things that you can be working on those best things so that you can be the best mom possible? And I, I'm pretty sure the answer for you, just like the answer for us on that question is yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are dealing with, um, thoughts of guilt or feelings of frustration that you can't do it all, I get it. I, I was totally there until I realized one important thing. And that's the fact that nobody does it all right. We're full of, or we live this life now with the internet in our faces all the time, social media that makes it look like everyone's life is perfect and they're all managing everything just fine. And you're not what's wrong with you. It's a farce. It doesn't exist. Everyone struggles. Everyone has things that they don't do. Um, And so you get to decide, be intentional about it ahead of time before you have like a nervous breakdown so that you don't then have to let go of the things that are really, really important to you. I've had times like that too, where I have not asked for help before I got sick or before things really got out of hand. And then things that were important fell through the cracks. And that upset me more than if I had just let the house cleaning go so that I could spend more time with my kids or whatever else. So um, let the pride go, right? Embrace the fact that you are human and you are allowing your children to see your weaknesses and your friends and family too, to know that you are not superwoman and that you need help just like everyone, everybody else. And it's a, a really empowering feeling when you can finally wrap your head around that. So good luck, friends. You've got this. Have a great week this week. I'm Bonnie. I'm Audrey. And we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.